0: Clued in Mystery is taking a short break. Until we return, we are re-releasing a few of our favorite episodes from Season 2. We hope you enjoy. Welcome to Clued in Mystery. I'm Sarah.
1: And I'm Brooke. And we both love mystery.
0: So Brooke, we've got another very exciting episode today. I'm so thrilled that we are talking with Sarah Rosette.
1: I know this is going to be so much fun. Somebody we really look up to in the mystery space. So I will give just a little background on Sarah before we get started today. Sarah Rosette is the USA best-selling author of over 30 cozy and historical mysteries, as well as books and courses for writers, including how to write a series and how to outline a cozy mystery. She also hosts a podcast for readers, Mystery Books Podcast and sarah doesn't know this but i consider her one of my mentors we live in this great time where it's oh. possible to learn <laughs> it's possible to learn from people with through their podcasts and blogs and books and they become a teacher to us and sometimes they well most times they don't even know it And I always find Sarah to be so supportive and a positive voice in the mystery space. And so thank you, Sarah. And I know that my friend Sarah uh, also feels the same way. And we just (laughs) want to welcome you to the podcast. Welcome to Clued in Mystery.
2: Oh, well, thank you so much. That's so sweet of you to say that. And it is interesting because, you know, you send your books and your stories out in the world and you just don't know sometimes if they're having a big impact or not or... Small impact, but anyway, I'm so happy to hear that you've made my day. Good. So yeah,
0: thank you for that introduction, Brooke, and and yeah, welcome, Sarah. Really excited to uh, to chat with you today. So um, yeah. let's let's get started. Okay. Uh, so you write cozy mysteries, travel mysteries, mm-hmm. and historical mysteries. What, mm-hmm. if anything, are readers looking for in historical mysteries that they don't find in other types of mysteries?
2: I think I think when people read they generally want an escape. But I think for historical readers, they want to go they want to like immerse themselves in like this unusual place, like something that they they can't visit today except through like movies or books. And so I think they want to feel like they're in another time, in another place. And I think that they just love the details that you can include you know this like there's the fine balance between including too much and not enough but you want enough that the reader gets a sense of what that time was like what it was like you know just day to day living like what they ate what kind of cars they drove or carriages they rode in or whatever mm-hmm. whatever period you're writing in i think that's what they want they want that escape and i think that as our world becomes more technologically immersed you know like everything we do online or on a screen I think some people really want that escape to a time when you know there wasn't you know social media 24-hour news cycles and all those things like that I think they want something that's very different sort of like if some people like sci-fi because they want to escape to a completely different world this is kind of the same thing but going back in time yeah I hadn't um I hadn't thought about that
0: connection between sci-fi and and historical Mm -hmm. mystery, but I think you're right that there's that just desire to be, to be somewhere else for a moment. Right.
2: Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh,
0: So what do you think is essential to a historical mystery other than historical setting and mystery? So you, you know, mentioned um, in your, in your previous answer about, um, about detail.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that you have to capture the the place like the physical surroundings and then i think you need to also include like the dialogue when you're writing you've got to think about like what how people spoke and um like a regency mystery probably has a much more formal dialogue than i'm writing 1920s so you know 1920s is much more casual but even that's more formal than like a cozy, contemporary cozy would be today. So you've got to catch that dialogue and those phrases that people use and um, kind of the slang of the period if they have it, you know, if you can find out what it would be. And then I think people like reading about details like um, things. that are. I, I, as, a, as a historical reader myself, I enjoy reading about things and I learn a little something about the culture of the time, I think. Mm-hmm. It's interesting if you go. Oh, I didn't know they did. You know that they use this for medicine, or that they traveled this way. You know, you know, like I don't get to travel on trains in the golden age of travel. I would love to do that or a steamship. You know, so you kind of get to vicariously experience that. So I think that's important to readers. They want to feel that that um, uniqueness to that time.
0: So can you tell us a little bit about? Uh, that research process for you? Do you do that research before you start writing the the book or the series? Um, or do you, you know, and, and how important is it to you to be uh, historically accurate?
2: Well, I always try to be historically accurate, but there are a lot of details. And sometimes people find something that's, you know, not perfectly right, and I have to go fix it. But um, I do try to do I I love research. And so I try to do as much research as I can before I start. But there's always those things that when you get into the book, you're like, Oh no, did they have, did cars have windshield wipers in the 1920s? I think so. But so you have to go find it or like how they started their cars. And a lot of them had cranks. So the more detail you get into your story, the more you're like, Oh a lot of times it's motions and things I have people doing. I'm like, oh, did they have medicine cabinets in the 1920s? I think so, but I don't know. I better check. And, you know, just different things like that. So I do a lot of, I read a lot of books from the 1920s because I love that time period anyway. So just like reading fiction from the 1920s kind of helps you or helps me kind of see how it was written about then. And so it gives like a cultural kind of overview of what they had back then and how they lived. And then I read lots of biographies. I love to read biographies. And the other thing I've found really useful are travel guides that were published in like the, you know, like 1915 to 1925. If I could find something around then, it, it gives you all these amazing details that I could spend hours searching for on the internet and not be able to find like train schedules and descriptions of the tours of like oh if you're going to this city you probably want to go see these things and then it'll describe you know have maps which I love I love maps it's another thing I love for research so yeah I just I could spend almost all my time researching <laughs> so I kind of have to stop and say all right that's enough now we need to start actually writing the book
0: Uh, And how do you, you kind of referred to this uh, or alluded to this earlier about balancing how much detail to put in um, Mm -hmm. and moving the story along. So how do you, how do you find that balance?
2: Well, I try to like drop little bits of information in and not put too much in. And sometimes I'll just have an allusion to something like just a brief mention and then sometimes I'll have a character there who doesn't understand what's going on or something that's new. And I can, ex- you know, like my character can explain it. The main character can explain it to the other character, thus explaining it to the reader. But I try not to do that because you don't want to have too many of those, you know, as you know, blah, blah, blah. Those are, that's kind of slows everything down. So I try and figure out if it's going to slow down the story, I probably need to take it out and I need to, I always, readers are really smart And I have a tendency to think, like when I'm reading, I get impatient when people start explaining too much. I'm just like, I I get it. I get it. You don't have to explain, you know, from dialogue. I understand what's going on. So I try and keep that in mind and just include enough that I give readers a little taste of, you know, what the building was like. Or, you know, I don't have to describe the whole Art Deco building that Olive lives in. I can just say, you know, it had a modern elevator And that meant there was no bellboy. You know, like that was one of the new things in the 1920s. They had the push button elevator thing, and and that was like, oh, some people hated it, some people loved it. So, you know, just a little snippet of information like that is enough to help people kind of contextualize what's going on.
0: So, have you seen a shift in terms of what is popular in historical mysteries?
2: Yeah, I think that there's like, seems like certain time periods kind of go up and down in popularity. So um, I think maybe 10, 20 years ago, the Victorian era was really, really popular. And almost most of the books that I saw were were set, most historical mysteries were set kind of around that time period, that time. Um, Now, I feel like World War II and the 1920s are really popular. Mm, Um, Interesting. And I think they're yeah, I think the 1920s is kind of um, like it's on an upswing, you know, so I don't know how long it will last, but I've noticed more and more authors are writing in that era. And I don't know if it's, you know, they say like the further you get away from a certain time period, then you're able to write about it and people look back on it. And so I think that the, like the 20s, 30s, 40s and 50s, we're kind of in that era right now when people are looking back. And comparing that to today, and there's a lot of parallels, the 1920s were like, a, there's so much going on, so much change, um, a lot of um, societal tensions, you know, things like that, that we kind of see mirrored in our world. And so it's kind of nice to look back to a different time and see how people negotiated that then. It kind of lets you reflect on what's going on now, but in a very subtle way, you know
0: um just thinking about what you were saying about the uh, push button elevators and the no no um bellboys bellboys sorry and oh, and and yeah. the no bellboys um in my apartment building they're upgrading the elevators and they're putting in um touch screen elevators and it's the same thing the the residents are
2: <laughs> so it's super super interesting <laughs> the more things change the more they stay the same right
0: Totally, totally. That you know, so a, a hundred years ago, um, changes in, in elevator technology were were frustrating residents, and and it's still happening today. So, um, you know, yeah. I think that um, that parallel is is really interesting, and you know that, yeah, thinking about a hundred years ago, I guess, seems far away, but maybe not as far away as uh, Victorian, right? Like, right. You know you yeah. you you might have a grandparent who um, who was alive in the 1920s you're really unlikely to have mm-hmm. uh, a grandparent who was alive mm-hmm. in Victorian times right
2: I think that the like there' are certain eras that I don't know that I could write in I don't think I could do medieval um, there's also um mystery novels set in like ancient Greece Rome and different and I just I can't wrap my mind around that time so it's easier for me to write about something that's much closer but some people love going like way back
0: (laughs) so what about your reading do you prefer to read historical mysteries set in the same time that you write in or you know do you find yourself reading in in other time periods
2: i tend to gravitate to the 20s 30s 40s time period and I think that started because I started reading like Agatha Christie and Dorothy Sayers. And I think, you know, I read a bunch of those books and I was like, Oh, and there's all these books by modern writers set in that same time period. So I kind of bounced back and forth between, you know, like classic golden age authors and kind of the modern version of that too. So that's what I like. And, um, although I am seeing more and more books, Set in like the the fifties, sixties. I'm seeing a couple of those, and I'm like, maybe that's where things are going. But I'm more drawn to the twenties, thirties, forties.
0: Yeah, it, Brooke and I talked about um, golden age mysteries, and uh, you know, some people referring to them as historical mysteries, when mm-hmm. you know that really technically wouldn't be the wouldn't be the definition. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I like. Like you, I like reading the kind of original source material books that were written um, in that mm-hmm. time period, as well as uh, contemporary books that are that are written now yeah. that are set in in that time period when you're reading those sarah do you notice any like can you can you tell if you were say blind reading you didn't know who had written the book do you think you could tell if it was something that was written in the um written in the 20s or something that was written now and set in the 20s
2: i think the main difference is that the books that were actually written in the 20s and 30s they really don't have a whole lot of description about like daily life or you know things that we might drop in mm. to clarify for readers. I mean, like they don't really usually mention the cars or the the train travel. It's just you know, it's like I would take time to describe like the interior of a train carriage, not in huge detail, but I would mention like the the veneer on the wood, you know, because that's unusual for today and but the, I don't think they would do that then. And I don't see a lot of um, description about like their world, whereas I would definitely include some of that because I think that's what my readers want. So I think that's the main difference. Um, and then character development, I think is the other Is Like you had like Perot, Miss Marple, they're much more like a flat art character where they have like little, like they're episodic and they don't change a whole lot. But I think modern readers like more of an arc for their main character. They like their sleuth to gradually change, maybe not dramatically, but kind of gradually change. So I think that's the other big difference. Because like Miss Marple, she gets older, but she doesn't have like this huge arc where she's a completely different, you know, gone through a transformation, you know, the hero's journey. She doesn't do that. So I think that's the other difference is the... um, Modern reader likes um, a little bit more uh, change in the character, and a little maybe a little bit more depth and background as well, because we don't know a lot about like Miss Marple's background and Perot's background. Yeah,
0: that's interesting. I wonder if someone were to really try and mirror that lack of detail, lack of character depth, how that would be received now versus how those kind of original yeah. stories are are received.
2: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it would go over or not. Um, I, th- I guess I should say that, like, I think Dorothy Sayers is the exception to the depth of character because, like, whimsy does change throughout the series, and he has a family, and you know, all these relatives and a bunch of stuff backstory behind him that you do learn as the series goes on. But I think most readers, and I think maybe that's why I'm drawn to some of the. Uh, Dorothy Sayer's books. I was like, oh, when the first one I read, I was like, oh, I have to read the rest of these because mm-hmm. this is a little bit different from the other Golden Age uh books that I had read at that point. So yeah, I think that modern readers prefer a little bit more uh kind of depth to the character. Whereas maybe the golden age readers they really wanted that puzzle. And if you had a great puzzle, you were set. <laughs>
1: What I was just going to mention, I think their lack of detail for the the story set in that time period is similar to what if you were writing a contemporary um, mystery set in today. we would tend to do the same thing, right? We'd say, you know, he went out and he got in his car and he did that. We wouldn't put all those details in because we just take it for granted that everybody understands what we mean. But somebody in the future who wants to write historic about 2020 exactly. is going to have to throw in the touchscreen elevator, Sarah, or, you know, some of those things give it the feel so that someone can place them in the time period. So it's just, it's fascinating for me to think about the layering, you know, that, that happens mm-hmm. when you, um, when you're hearkening back and writing historical fiction, the way you, you have to do that so that everyone gets your drift, but um, no, that's fascinating.
0: <laughs> well, and I think that goes back to what um, Sarah started off talking about that readers are really looking to immerse themselves, right and to to really imagine that they're in this time of the story that they're that they're reading about. And so you need to have that that extra detail um, to be able to do that right mm-hmm. Right
2: mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's why sometimes when we're reading, books like from another era we're just confused we're like I don't understand these details that they're describing like certain things you think I just don't know even what's going on here but you know (laughs) we'll keep going so yeah later on it, it is very interesting to think about someone writing about 2020 the 2020s in the future and how they would have to describe social media and you know the different aspects of our lives that will probably be totally
1: changed very interesting thought
2: yeah yeah I
1: think when somebody writes historical well it's almost like going to a theme park you know when you um, are at Disneyland and you're completely enmeshed in you know whatever world it is. That's what I love about historical it's like you um, can have that same sensation of being in a theme park where all the visuals are correct and the smells are correct and um, yeah I, I love that about about that in the in that, uh, subgenre,
2: Yeah. And that's a great example because like a movie or a TV show, you can see it, but you're not able to really live it. Whereas like a theme park, you're walking around and, you know, surrounded by buildings and things that, yeah, I love that, that comparison.
0: Yeah, that's great. Uh, so what's next, uh, Sarah, what are, what are you going to, um, do you think you would write a series in the set in the
2: 1960s? don't think so. I'm really enjoying the 20s. So I'm probably going to stay there for a while. And my readers really like it. So I'll probably just keep doing more olive books. And that's the other thing I really like about the high society series in that time period is it's, there's a lot of different aspects of this is what was going on that you can write about, you know, like I can have her stay in England or go to a country house, or I can have her stay in London, or go to a country house, or I can have her travel. So I think she needs to do some international travel. So that'll keep me occupied researching all that.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Well, uh, thank you so much for joining us, Sarah. Is there anything that you would like to, um, uh, to close with?
2: Um, I would just say that if you haven't found a, good historical mystery. Just keep looking because there's all different kinds and varieties of time periods. And I'm I'm sure there's something out there for most people, most readers, if they can find one that they would enjoy. So yeah, just keep reading. And it was great to talk to y'all.
1: Thanks for joining us today, Sarah. And thank you all for listening to Clued in Mystery. I'm Brooke.
0: And I'm Sarah. And we both love mystery. Clued in Mystery is produced by Brooke Peterson and Sarah M. Stephen. Music is by Shane Ivers at silvermansound.com. Visit us online at cluedinmystery.com or social media at cluedinmystery. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing, leaving a review, or telling your friends.